Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Now, the pandemic has certainly accelerated numerous tech trends, hasn't it? They were actually already evident in the days before COVID-19 made its presence felt. But look at where we are now. Whether we're exploring virtual worlds or making payments with our smartwatches, tech has embedded itself in almost everything we do. For businesses, digital transformation is an area that they can no longer afford to ignore. Companies that fail to adopt tech to generate new revenue streams or reach new audiences risk being left behind in an increasingly digital world. And as e-commerce continues to gain pace, digital payments are also starting to become mainstream in many markets. In fact, according to a recent MasterCard survey, consumers in the APAC region are among the most enthusiastic adopters of digital payments globally. To find out more about these findings, we're joined by Sandeep Malhotra, Executive VP Products and Innovation APAC at MasterCard. Hi, Sandeep. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Bharti. Thanks for having me. So, the APAC region outpaces North America and Europe in the adoption of digital payments. 69% of consumers in APAC have increased their use of at least one digital payment method in the last 12 months. Talk to us about the drivers of this growth. Yeah, yeah. It's good to have Asia being leading the pace on this one. You know, if you compare that with Europe and more developed economies like North America, they're close to 50%. So people who are using digital payments have dramatically increased in Asia-Pacific. Nine out of 10 consumers have tried something new, which is a great, great sign. So you would think that it would have waned post the pandemic, but it actually has stayed the same, which is a great sign. So why was that? It was primarily because, you know, the world went cashless, the world went contactless, the world went touchless. More e-commerce happened where people were shopping at the comfort of their home on their couch, you know, doing online buying. People were using more tap because they didn't want to touch stuff. And then people didn't want to touch cash. So the cash withdrawals were almost at an all-time low at an ATM machine. And that trend has continued because it provided so much of comfort and convenience that it's tough to go back. All is done with security in mind. See, these are very safe and secure transactions. Now, before we get to security and digital trust, I guess the main question is, why are people in North America and Europe slower than those in Asia? Yeah, good one. So consumer behavior is so hard to change. Mm. And in Asia, people have a general behavior to try something new. And the level of innovation, I would say, in Asia is a lot more, whether it's from the payment companies like us, whether it's from the wallet companies which you see around around you, whether it's driven by the central banks or the regulator, for example, PayNow in Singapore, uh, where you actually literally can go cashless anywhere in Singapore. So it's driven through innovations happening all around us, which may be not at the same level in other markets as seen in Asia. You talked about security earlier. I still know of people who say they don't feel 100% secure. So their level of digital trust is very low. And can we blame them? You know, there have been cases of data breaches, scammers. You know, so many issues have come up in the last couple of years. So what do you have to say to that? How can that be improved? I mean, just like, you know, as things go more electronic, you know, the fraud industry tends to try to be ahead of the game. But the online transactions, the tap transactions, which you do with a mobile device, and even a transaction where you actually insert a card into a terminal and you enter your PIN, these are very, very, very safe transactions. Now, what's happening? Why is the fraud increasing? A lot of fraud is primarily increasing because, again, vulnerability in the system where people are getting in and stealing data 
not systemically issues with the payment system or social engineering. Now, there was a case where people were sending in links through an SMS where a bank site would appear as another, as if it was a real website. So it's basically more around education and awareness where people are sending and getting trapped into more of this social engineering thing. So education, awareness is a key thing, but payments, when it's done the right way, is very safe and secure and continues to be more and more safe and secure. Mm, the thing is, your research also highlighted that security is still a key consideration for consumers when it comes to choosing a payment method. Shed some light on this for us. How do they then go about doing their due diligence about which payment method to use, which service to use as well? Yeah, so security does remain paramount. Now, there is also a positive side to that. Uh, 64% of the Asia-Pacific consumers basically believe that the biometric payments are much more convenient, easier in terms of payment and they feel safe and secure. The only thing is they're worried about data privacy as to when you have this biometric payment, what happens with that data? Who owns it? Who controls it? Can it be done? Can it be used for some other purpose? So there is an increase of biometric payments, and we believe that this biometric payments are going to lead the future where you are the person where you can pay by waving your hand or basically paying by your smile. So there is an increase in the adoption of biometric payments as long as we solve for data privacy that the intended purpose of that data is nothing more than just for payment or what the consumer allows you to use it for. I think that's the future. All right. So given the speed with which payment options are moving forward, how imperative is it for stakeholders such as banks, governments and businesses to support sustainable development, not just development of these new payment methods? How can they do it? If you peel the onion back, I think, first of all, digital payments are very, very important. And there are studies done in the past when you run more digital payments, for every 10% increase in a digital payments in a market, there is a 1% increase in the GDP. And if you, when you take that away from the consumer and apply it to the small business, it actually means more electronic data where you can actually look at how well a small business is performing, how well they are paying their invoices, how well they basically are doing their buying and other transactions. And that can be used to extend credit. And when you extend more credit from the financial institutions and other fintechs, it actually leads to more deposit and leads to better GDP. So first of all, digital payments is very key. More electronic transactions, less cash drives the economy of a country. So it benefits the country and basically creates an upliftment of the consumer and the small business. So the banks have a big role to play, driving more digital payments, obviously in a secure fashion. Governments are driving that through many programs like PayNow, for example, and some of the other programs between the small businesses and the big businesses, and pretty much liking to even remove cash and checks from the system. So more digital payments, big role to pay public enterprises, private enterprises, governments, And I think it is in the economic benefit of the country and the consumer and the small business. Sandeep, we just heard that Singapore has launched a global trial using wholesale digital currency. What does this mean for businesses and governments? So it's a very interesting one. It's a very, very good news that if you look at wholesale payments and primarily if you look at cross-border wholesale payments, there is quite a bit of issues in terms of speed at which the payment happens, the transparency that if you send in $100, will it be reached in terms of $100 or will you only get 90 And then the key thing is the data which moves with that. What is it for or which, you know, purchase? Is it fully fulfilled or you only got part of the shipment? 
So this whole experiment is around how do you exchange data in a speedy way, in a transparent way, and then basically the data also moves with the payment where you can actually reconcile and know exactly how things are, are completing the entire business process. Very, very impressed with that and uh, we'll find out more that unfolds. Mm. The thing is, SMEs, I mean, they are a major part of the economy in most countries and they face unique challenges, don't they? Because they are small, they are up against a lack of resources, a lack of manpower, lack of funding, so many issues there. What's your advice to them? in terms of responding to consumer demands in this arena? For me, SMEs, SMEs are the lifeline of an economy. You know, they, they represent good 97% of all businesses pretty much in Asia. They employ like 50% of the workforce. So they are key. Now, what's happening with the SMEs? What are they looking for in a post-pandemic world? They're looking for ways to pay to their suppliers and they're looking for ways to get paid from their buyers. And how do they do that in a digital way as the world unfolds post-pandemic? So they're looking for ways for fast, convenient, secure way, digital in nature. And we're looking for many solutions. We provide many solutions around both pay and get paid. The second thing is how do they get digital, right? So it is an imperative for a small business right now that if you have a brick and mortar store or a physical store, you need to have a digital presence. Without that, your, without that, your identity is not complete. Now, it doesn't need that you need to have all the skills and knowledge and everything to build a digital store, but you need to at least have some digital interface where people can look at your catalog of the items you are selling they are able to order it and they can go and pick up in your store. And it's getting a norm. If you go to a restaurant in Singapore, you know, you scan your QR code and you can actually sometimes order it and it comes to your table and the payment may happen through the app or may not happen to the app. So it's becoming a phenomenon and you need to, to basically capitalize on that change in the behavior. And the last part, which is the key one, is that SMEs are looking to get access to capital. How do they manage the entire cash flow management? And there's a big funding gap in terms of the credit availability for the small business. It's like $4 trillion if you look at just Asia itself. And 85 of the SME, you know, face some kind of a impact due to cash flow constraint in the last two years. So we're looking for ways on how do you basically make that credit access available. Now with more data, more digital payments, you can actually do that. And it's just not financial data. It's data of the, you know, of the phone bill, which the small business uses, the bill payment they do for the electricity and the store rent, for the data around taxes, the data around the bank account and the balances where the money comes in, money goes out. When you combine all that data, you can extend credit to them. In the past, there was no data. It was mostly cash transactions. So you couldn't extend credit beyond basically saying, okay, this SME just looks good and the neighbor says he's a worthy, you know, kind of a small business. So you combine all these data, financial and non-financial, and extend credit, and that helps with their cash flow management. So that's where a lot of effort is going on. Even creative things like if you heard of buy now, pay later, buy now, pay later was a big, big, big phenomenon on consumers. But you actually apply that buy now, pay later on small business. That's what we are trying to do. Right. And of course, with all the safeguards in place, there are some regulations in Singapore also to ensure that people aren't buying too much, so much so that they can't even pay later. Thank you so much for that, Sandeep. Sandeep Malhotra, Executive VP, Products and Innovation, APAC from MasterCard. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.